I think the principles model what works and I think the application for learning the actual nuances of what that looks like and then how to fall through on that, that's where design hacking comes in. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. On the previous episode, you heard from yours truly. I went into detail with the second of six graphics that you need to fully understand to rock your dream customer and create dream traffic for your business. Check out the full episode to keep up with this six-part series. But before you go, stick around. I've got Katherine Jones on for her deep dive episode. In her episode, she shares some of the real truths she's been learning in her entrepreneurial experience that are absolutely invaluable. Stick around because she's delivering this mind-blowing episode right now. Welcome to the Marketing Matrix Podcast. I'm your host, Lisanne Murphy. So excited to be here with you today. I have got the wonderful, amazing Catherine Jones on the show with me today. How are you, Catherine? Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we are so excited that you are here. So I just wanted to take a minute and introduce your awesome self and then give you a chance to just blow our minds today. Does that sound all right? <laughs> sure. Okay, sure. perfect. All right, so Catherine Jones is a number one best-selling author, certified internet marketer, and ClickFunnels dream car winner and funnel design guru. She's no stranger to the speaking world. She has She's speaking at Funnel Hacking Live in 2020, which we're so excited about, sharing the stage with Russell Brunson, which for those of you that don't know, that's historical. She has trained at Liz Benny's Mastermind, which, and for those of you that don't know Liz Benny, she's a two comic club winner. She's presented to ClickFunnels super affiliate Spencer Meekham's audience, CF Pro Tools Jamie Smith's audience, and has been featured on virtual summits with John Lee Dumas, Julie Sohan, and Brian Delaney. Catherine has published six figures of revenue in 90 minutes selling her product CF Design School. And through CF Design School, she's helped students design aesthetically extraordinary funnels that are visually engineered to convert all without coding, Photoshop, or graphic design skills. She helps her students make their first 1,000 online and then scale to a consistent 10,000 plus a month. And let me just tell you, like, Catherine is one of my dearest friends on this planet. And while that intro talks about her accolades in the entrepreneurial world, it doesn't even do her justice to the kind of individual that she is, the giving heart that she has, and just the influence that she has on my life and on her community's life. So Catherine, we are so excited. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. You're so nice. <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm super excited to be here as well. I think the topic of this podcast is amazing and super needed. So I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. 
Awesome. Well, we are so excited to have you. And for our listeners that don't know you as well as I do, I would love for you to just start, like, tell us about your journey. Like, how did you become the design hacking queen of the universe? (laughs) Well, you know, I wish I could say it was like a really seamless journey, but I think as all entrepreneurial journeys go, you know, there were some, there were some ups and downs and a lot of wading through, uh, indecision and uncertainty and uh and different things but i one of the things i I tell my students all the time i'm like i and i truly believe this i think the people that win the game of entrepreneurship are the people that stay in the game of entrepreneurship and i think that my success has truly been a byproduct of that i just keep hanging around like i just am still here um but honestly this whole thing started uh actually quite a while ago, I was in school studying film, Uh, went on an 18 month mission mission church or mission trip for my church to Los Angeles, which was amazing. But I kind of discovered the film world and was like, man, I don't want any part of this. (laughs) I just was like, so disenchanted with it. And so I came back and uh, didn't quite know what I wanted to do. But the millennial in me was you know, had seen some hard things in LA and was like, I'm just, I just want to help people. You know, you know, us millennials, we're just, what are we even doing? And, uh, and I really didn't have much direction other than that. And so I was like, well, I should probably, it's, pro- it's easier to help people if you have money. So I should probably figure out how to not be poor. And here I am 2013, a poor college student, 2013, 2014. So I was like, well, I guess I'll study business. I don't know. There's money there. And my university, just didn't let me switch majors. I had way too many credits. And um, in hindsight, that was like one of the most divine gifts that I've ever been given because I'm just like a doer. So I can just so see myself just like forging down the corporate path. Um, But that just wasn't an option for me at my current university. So I was like, well, I guess I just got to figure it out. So I started reading a lot of personal finance books, investment books. I really wasn't even looking at entrepreneurship. But while I was learning about these things, I was also kind of plagued with this like really deep desire to take over the world, one. Um, but also I come from a family of eight kids. So I, and I loved my family and I adore my parents and I always wanted to be a really present mother. And I didn't quite know how those two worked together. How do you, how do you, t- how do you have really significant influence inside of your home while simultaneously having it out? And I, I had never seen that before, and so I wasn't sure. And so as I started learning more about investment, like I started, you know, figuring out about people, oh, wow, like this person's on the online space and all these things. So unbeknownst to me, I had no idea what email marketing was. Also, I started getting emails and they're selling me courses and all these things, and I'm just really intrigued. And so just by nature of curiosity, I start taking courses on email, email marketing and content marketing and how to build a WordPress site and... Eventually I get sold stuff on online courses and passive income and, and I kind of niche down even further into internet marketing and all like my soul explodes. Like, and we talk about how we're dear friends. Like we were friends at this time. Like you saw it. Like I, I literally was like, the future is here. And all of a sudden for the first time I found a medium that I was like, I think if I build this thing, right, I think I really could do both of the things. I think I could take over the world and eventually be, hopefully a really amazing mother. And so I just went like all in, like obsessively all in. And um, 
started a few random businesses from there, a content business, launched a few courses, um, was doing some marketing consulting, and um, along the way, launched a best-selling book, and um, just was really loving this space. Um, but then I eventually discovered this concept called funnels, which a funnel is just essentially a series of web pages strung together to hold a customer's hand through the whole sales process. And as like a systems self-diagnosed OCD freak that like resonated so deeply with my soul. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's like an actual structure to how this looks. And then I just like, again, like obsessive level like level, like level two, like it happened again. Like we, we entered a whole new season of obsession and at this time, rather than like general online marketing, it was funnels. And, um, so yeah, so I, um, just went all in on this company called click funnels. I became a certified partner through them. I started building out funnels for people like crazy, got pretty good at it. Um, but there was one element that was really missing and that was design. Everybody's stuff looks super scammy and spammy and scammy and I knew like just like really intuitively I was like I I, I need for these to look better one because I'm embarrassed to sell what I have and two I'm like I know if these look better then people will buy more like I didn't I didn't know the stats behind that but I just felt it in my gut so I looked for some resources nobody knew how to teach it other than like go get a graphic design degree or go learn coding and I was like your girl's busy like I don't have time for that and, uh, and it was just super, super fascinating that like, all there was no easy option. And so as I continued studying this, like there's a study from Google that's come out, there's a study from Stanford that comes out that like literally people determine the credibility of your website in less than half of a second and over 90% of what they're judging is your design. So like you might be the most impressive guru in the world. You might have the most amazing product, but if you can't get people to stay on your page long enough to see what you're actually selling, you lost the game. Like you lose the game. And so once I understood like that, this wasn't just a Catherine pain point, but this was a, as like the Stanford web credibility project, everybody go look it up. Like this was a very universal problem. I said, there has to be a smarter way to do this than go back to graphic design school. And uh, again, obsession level three, like round three came about and I was just like, I've got to figure this out. So I just started again, obsessively starting to try to identify what were the patterns that I were seeing in terms of design of high converting pages. What did it look like? Were there similarities in terms of their structure or their font, their images, um, the colors that they're using, their call to actions, their spacing, like what am I seeing in the patterns here? And it was, um, it was almost shocking to realize that design is actually not that hard. Like actually, it's uh, it's and it's very formulaic. It's a science, not an art. And when I started to again do the study, I just realized there were just six six specific things that you needed to figure out how to do um, and and what patterns you were seeing. And then after that, like you know how to design a page. And so I started implementing this for myself. I called it design hacking, the six step science of design hacking. And uh, it did so well that all some people were like, wait, what are you? what are you like, how are you designing like that? Like, what are you doing? And, and then when they found out like you didn't need coding or Photoshop, they were like, wait, what? Like, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and it was just, and it was just really, really fun. And so, um, by nature of kind of popular demand, I put it into a course called it CF design school. And, uh, 
and we've just been going going hard ever since and uh, we put thousands of people through the training have hundreds of success stories and are helping again people that are selling their own products or services to be able to explode their sales and conversions with with updated design um, and then also teaching people who want to um, start agencies and learn how to do this for other businesses and so it has been uh it has been so fun oh my gosh and so yeah so I, I, I love a lot of things on online business, but design hacking has been, I think, one of my, one of my favorite for sure. I love that. And as someone who's like been through every stage of the journey, there were like multiple times where I wanted to interrupt you and be like, but wait, like, do you remember that time when, when this happened or you like, you had this epiphany and um, yeah, I just... Catherine, you, you've just made such a big impact. Like I, I'm a part of a lot of communities and a lot of groups because like you, I'm like a serial course consumer and I have never seen a community with as many raving fans that are getting crazy fast results and really impacting other people's lives in your community. Um, and so you are, you're the real deal. You are the OG. I was talking with my branding director the other day and he sent me the screenshot. I, it was actually yesterday and somebody in our group, I don't know if you saw it. They like posted that, um, they were pregnant. Like, like it was a husband. He was so excited because his wife was pregnant. Did you see this yesterday? Uh -uh, uh -uh. And he's like, my wife promised, like my wife was like, we're not allowed to tell anyone. And he's like, but I'm bursting. So he's like, you guys are my online family. So I want to tell you guys, he's like, I'm so happy we're pregnant. And my branding director is like, he's like, what, what an odd and unexpected, like indicator of success of like the strength of your community. <laughs> Nobody would like announce their pregnancy in your group. But I was thrilled. I was like, I think that is what is really cool about it because I mean, you've experienced this as well. Online, online business and having success um, in the business world is, um, I mean, it's a balance. Yes, there has to be tactics, but there also has to be community and support and getting aligned and understanding your mindset. And, um, with what we've done with CF Design School, I think we've been able to provide a lot of those elements, which I think is the reason for how rapidly these amazing people are getting, um, results. It's not just like, here's the formula, have at it. It's like, here's the formula. Here's how you walk through it. Let us hold your hand through it. Here's your community that's going to help. We have group coaching calls every single Thursday. You're, you know what I mean? We have master trainers who can answer your questions all the time. And, um, but yeah, I'm telling you, like, I love these people. Like, and it's in some ways I'm like, it's just so weird that I've never met you because I know, like, I know you and your wife are pregnant and I just couldn't, like, I truly, like, I got emotional yesterday. I was like, this is so happy for you. <laughs> so anyway, it's yeah, it's, uh, it's so fun. It's amazing. So tell us a little bit about how, uh, I mean, right now CF Design School is, again, in one aspect of the world, in one aspect, you're like far down the road, but in another aspect, it is like just starting to just explode yeah. and take off. But when you had this insight that like when you read that Stanford study and you realized how important design is, but how overlooked it was because the internet world was so new, people got away with a lot of scammy stuff and you just can't anymore. But like when you first had that insight and started, like where, where was your goal? Like, were you, were you going where you're, where you are today? Or like, are you like, holy cow, I had no idea that this is what it would turn into. Like what, what was the goal when you had that insight? That is such a good question. Um, you know, if I'm being really honest and true to 
19, eight, 18 months ago, Catherine, when we launched this product, I think the bravest version of myself would have been like, yeah, this is where we were going. Like totally. And I think the maybe more passive, you know, still growing up and her entrepreneurial journey would have been like, we're just trying to, we're just trying to help people, you know, but, um, but truly I, uh, I think I'm like a lot of entrepreneurs where we want to do all the things where, uh, I, I just, I just love creation. And so it is so fun for me to build, whether that is a podcast or a course or a vlog or whatever it is. Like I, like I'm so, and I'm so interested in so many things like, like, my favorite gift to receive is a book, like always. I just, I want to learn all the things. And so um, when I look at that and I look at all these things, I mean, truly, like I have a list of like, it's like a six page list of everything that I want to do in my life. And I, I'm like, I think I, I think I can, I just need to do one at a time. We're going to make it. But if I look at the theme between all of them and what makes all these different things that kind of ignite my soul go and have success and actually be impactful, the, the common thread is being the leader of a tribe and a community. Because if I have a loyal following that I deeply love and respect, and hopefully it's, it's reciprocal, then I push a product to them and it benefits them and it benefits me. Or if I get really passionate and want to lead some sort of social movement, great, done. I have impact to, to do it. If I decide that I want to just be really 100% present with my kids and take a season to really be a mom. Awesome. Blog it. Done. I still have my humans, you know? And, um, and yeah, whether that's a book or uh, networking or, again, what, whatever the case may be, I'm just learning that the, that the main, the, like the biggest yearning of my soul is to be connected with people and to gather people and to see that this really interestingly niched concept of design hacking has been able to produce a tribe that is so devout and loyal, like that has been by far the most fulfilling and exciting thing. And so like that, like above speaking with Russell or like making the money that I've made or, or whatever other accolades like that I've been able to receive through this specific product alone, like, the most fun one is that that we have we're building a tribe that really really is loyal to um to having impact and that again alone has been the most exciting thing that's so powerful and i just want to reiterate like you said this like super casually but like 18 months ago when you launched this mm-hmm. product you know i mean that is that is a short amount of time and it's because you've focused on the people that it's what's allowed you to just continue to increase in your opportunity for impact. Um, it's, just, it's just been so fun to, to watch. And it's really great to hear you tell your story. <laughs> Thank you. It has been, it's, been, it's been fun to live. So stressful and stretching, but very, very fun. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Like what has been the biggest struggle that you've had on this journey? And you're like, uh, I don't know if I can say one. Yeah. I'd be so intrigued to hear your answer as well. I feel like every entrepreneur does, but, um, what a good question. If I could pinpoint the single biggest one. Um, 
I think it would have to say that I think I, it, it all revolves around this because I think this has been the biggest pain point, but it also, when I address it and I face myself, it is, has the most impact in terms of where I'm at, the decisions I'm able to make. And like literally in my Stripe account, you can see it happen. Um, but it has been getting very clear on who I am very clear on who I am. And I think the reason why that was so painful is because in a lot of ways, I think I thought that I already knew. And then when the art of creation is a really interesting and kind of beautiful thing, but it is a magnifier for all things good in you and all things bad in you. All of your strengths are stronger and all your weaknesses are just so very exposed. And so as I started, um, because I, I mean, I'd been in the entrepreneurial space before, but I was doing more agency stuff. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out for the world to see really, you know, I was just doing one-on-one -on -one stuff and, and I was really comfortable back there. And, um, and when I realized that like, I needed to be really serious about starting to build this movement and tribe and that that's going to require of me to be on the stage and for people to look at me and for myself to be seen. Like I literally got an ulcer. I was so stressed about it. Like I literally went to the hospital with an ulcer cause I was like, oh my gosh, like the world's going to see me. And and like, what if, what if they don't like it? Or what if they, what if they think I'm dumb or they think my ideas are dumb or whatever the case may have been. And so interesting because like, I, I think if anybody would have known me and been like, would Catherine be afraid to do that? They would have been like, oh no, that girl's fine. Like get that girl on the stage and like, she's chill. But I think that's what was also so interesting for me. Like I did not realize and understand these underlying false and untrue stories that were governing my life and my decisions. And, um, and it's interesting, like, I mean, you, you kind of, you kind of face yourself at a certain stage and then a season comes and you realize you got to level up again and a season comes, you have to level up again. And like, I had a, I had a call with my coach yesterday and it's, it's always the same conversation. It's like, are you going to make the difficult decisions to become the truest version of yourself? Because unless you're perfectly aligned, you cannot make the powerful decisions to lead this movement that you want. And I, I like wholeheartedly believe that impact on any degree comes so much more from the person that you are than the products that you promote entirely. And so like, even again, yesterday, I was like, I'm feeling like pretty chill, but I feel this huge push inside me that I need to create myself even more powerfully than I had before. And so I had this like really interesting experience when I was doing my studies the other day where this question came into my mind that like hit me so prominently. And the question was what needs to die? What needs to die so that you can become the truest version of Catherine and these things that served me up to this point, like we just, it's okay. Just gotta leave them rest. And so like, again, like you could like this whole paper, literally things that need to die. And there anything from like, Hey, I'm spending time in my company here when I don't really need to be spending time in my company there to like, you, you stop being late, be respectful of people's time. Like being four minutes late is not on time. Figure it out. Be an adult human being, you know what I mean? Or like, um, Sometimes I just get anxiety. I just get anxiety sometimes. So when people call me, it's like, oh, it seems hard, right? Adult, powerful Catherine would not be cowardly. She'd answer the freaking phone, right? So answer the phone. So like, even just in these tiniest of things, realizing that there are things about my past personality and who I was, that if I'm going to operate at this level of opportunity and um, that 
that we just know Newton's law, right, will be coupled with opposite opposition, then I need to be able to create myself even more powerfully than I, than I have in the past. And so it's interesting. It's a double-edged sword. It is so exciting. It is so exciting to understand that becoming this really powerful version of yourself is just simply a matter of agency and something you choose. Um, but also it is really stretching because, and sometimes painful because you have to look yourself in the face and be like, Catherine, you've kind of been an idiot about some things, or you've been lazy about some stuff, or you've been hiding behind a certain thing. And so, um, yeah, this, this, uh, this pattern of facing myself, um, equally thrilling as it is terrifying, but I'm really grateful for this pattern that I've gotten into of, of doing it. And so, yeah, I think, I think that's been the, I think that's been the most difficult thing because uh it has by far the most like ramifications for success but it is by far the most painful Mm. well and i love how you call it a pattern it's not like you just like oh well i just did this one time last week and it's already made so much of a difference like Mm -hmm. it is a pattern to look yourself in the face and say am i being my true potential self yeah and what needs to happen for me to actually be that person? And it's so true. People get mad at me sometimes because they're like, what's your biggest catalyst for success? And I usually am like, figure out who you are. And like, I am so able to like coach people on like how to actually do that. But they're like, no, like, but like, like what, like, what are your, like, what are your Facebook pixels look like? Or like, what are you blah, blah, blah. And I think that there's so much merit to that. And it's so true. But like, like you said, like you and I were course junkies. I love it. And I operated for years at a time of simply learning and never acting. I learned the tactics, but I never acted because I was too much of a coward. I was not aligned with the truest version of myself. And so like, I had, I had the shell of the car ready to go, but I did not have the engine in terms of my fortitude and my understanding of myself to actually do it. And so, and I think so many people get stuck in that loop where it's like, you, and you almost hate yourself. You're like, I know what I should be doing, but I'm not doing it. Like, I don't know. Have you experienced that before? Where you're Absolutely. Just like, you're like, why is this so hard? It should be like, so what hard. Is, yeah, you're like, what is wrong with me? I'm so smart. I'm smarter than this person that's killing it. I know this. I'm better at this. I'm better at this. I'm better than this. I've read 17 books on this, but like, I cannot pull my stuff together. And I finally realized it was not an intellectual issue for me. I know I'm smart and more than that, I know I can figure stuff out, but what I was missing and what has been able to catalyst me into the success of those last 18 months is because I finally got out of my own way and I confronted the demons that literally were holding me back. That made me think that I was less than or not worthy of this success or that I would make other people feel uncomfortable. Right. And, uh, and I, I just, I started really truly playing the game and doing the work of who is Catherine Jones. And once I figured that out, then the implementation of these tactics that I had been learning for years, it, it was just a natural byproduct. It was like, Oh, okay. Whoa. Well, yeah, well, of course I'm going to do that. Of course I'm going to launch that tomorrow. Of course I'm going to have that difficult conversation. Of course I'm going to pitch that deal. I'm Catherine Jones. You know, like I'm, I'm brave. I'm always learning. I'm alive to the world. I'm Catherine Jones. I know who I am. And again, there's always iterations of this just yesterday, you know, like what things need to die. So that can become more the truest part of me. But I really, truly believe like 
I mean, this inter- this like podcast is all about like hacks, how to get there faster, what to do. And like, I will like preach the gospel design hacking all day long because it has been the tactic that has worked most for me. But like, if you really want to play, literally go and sit down. And if somebody were to say like, who is Lisanne Murphy? You need to be able to literally know how to answer. Say, I'm Lisanne Murphy. I'm this, this, and this. This is how I roll. I think most people... Um, just don't do that. And, and oftentimes like not for lack of want, just, I don't think people preach that very much. I think it's tactics, tactics, tactics. And we don't necessarily show that the engine by which you can actually implement the tactics is being clear with yourself. So like that truly for me is the biggest quote unquote hack is figuring out who you are so that you can actually have the headspace and the courage and the fortitude to actually fall through on the tactics you've learned. I love that. And I agree with that so much because even if you know all the marketing hacks in the world, if it can't come through with your voice and you don't have the power to and confidence to act, then it's not, it's not going to be a vehicle that gets you anywhere. It's just like trying to like ride a tricycle down I-15, you know? Totally. And I think there does have to be a balance. Like a conversation I had yesterday is what's the balance between being like really firm and steadfast in the truth that you know, but remaining open to change and feedback and, and refinement. And, uh, I I think it, I think it is a balance for sure. But the thing we kind of came down to is, uh, I think if you're really trying to live in alignment with yourself, um, you know, in your head and also in your heart, like, you know, in your gut, if what's something that somebody says to you or something that you you learn about yourself, if that's real, it makes intellectual sense and you feel it in your soul as well. And I think when there's alignment of those two things, you're able to, again, kind of play that balance game of I'm really firm in these things of what I know, but I'm really open to letting things die or owning up to where I might be in the wrong and, and uh being an adult about that you know and uh but yeah so so i yeah i think it is um and i think too like going back to like the design hacker community i thought i think a lot of the conversation is around that i think it's pretty radical to in the digital marketing space be like you know what some people would uh maybe interpret as fluffy or you know ambiguous like who are you you know but like figure out who you are and here's a direct application for how you can apply it. That's why people are making money within two or three days of joining my course because they, they experience, I think for one of the first times in their entrepreneurial journey, this sense of alignment of, I finally have the skill set, and I have the, the, the individual clarity to move forward on these things. Mm, That is powerful. Multiple mic drop moments in the last few minutes, for sure. (laughs) Well, Catherine, I just want to thank you so much for being so vulnerable and talking about what is really hard. Because I think think as entrepreneurs, we have this um, tendency that we feel like we need to show up to the world as if everything's amazing and we're making millions of dollars and doing all this stuff. But um, the reality is we, we have to look at ourselves every day in the mirror and be honest. Mm. And um, so I appreciate you sharing your personal experience with that. Can I share just one of my favorite quotes ever? I would love it. Oh my gosh. Everybody go read this book. Like 
yesterday. It's it's called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Have you read that one? I can't remember. No, I'm reading a Ryan Holiday book right now, but that's high on my list. Okay. So essentially it's called Ego is the Enemy and he walks through all of these figures in history that have either been able to rise to the top because they had a really healthy understanding of their ego and how to essentially tame it. And then other people who just, it was their downfall because they just were so egotistical. And one of the quotes that he said, I literally like have it printed out and I would look at it every day is he, um, he said this, he's like, he's like, something that you have to understand is that anybody can win. You can be, you can be smart and win. You can be dumb and win. You can be lucky and win. You can be an absolute a-hole and win. He's like, anybody can win. And he said, but there are a very few select amount of people who are actually the truest versions of themselves. And he said, that is the game that you want to play. Don't play the game of winning, play the game of alignment. And he's like, that is where you will find success in every facet of your life, relationships, business, spiritually, intellectually, emotionally. And when he just said that, like anybody can win, but not very many people are the truest versions of themselves. It was this huge perspective shift for me where like chasing the accolades of like, you know, I'm pushing millions of dollars a year. Like that chasing that is not the game to play. If you play the game of truest version of yourself, the money, it's just a byproduct. It truly is a byproduct. All the accolades that you want become lasting, um, lasting uh, byproducts if you actually play the correct game. So Ryan Holiday, the dude's smart. I love it. We need to get him on this podcast, huh? He's a yeah. smart dude. <laughs> yeah, a million percent. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing that. So I, I do want to, so go, go ahead. No, I said, I said, of course, of course. So I do want to, I mean, we, we've talked so much about aligning ourselves, um, but you, you, you yourself mentioned, like you have to couple that with building a powerful skill set that can, that can change people's business. So I'd love to shift this a little bit and talk about design hacking. I would love to give you some time to just talk about why you feel design is the, the most important and impactful thing that people can do in their marketing and give us an overview of what you teach in CFP. Absolutely. Um, again, going back to what we talked about before, like how you look and how you are perceived is a person's first and sometimes only interaction with your company. Always, right? Like, you know, like think about it when you walk into a house within a split second, you have an opinion on that family. You have an opinion on how they make money. You have an opinion on how they run their thing. You have an opinion on whether you think they're competent or not within a split second. And sometimes you don't even need to walk in the door. You're standing on the doorstep. And you already have an opinion just based on how things look. Same thing why a car can be so significant. The same thing on how people dress can be so significant. And so the same principles apply to when somebody comes to your funnel or your website. Within a split second, they have decided if they are going to trust you or not, if they're going to give you money or not. And I think, again, you said this earlier, I think there was a time, um, even just a few years ago, where the game was a lot simpler. The standard was a lot lower, but as the internet's progressing and the tools that we have available to us to make things look visually engineered to be incredible, like you, you can't get away with crap design anymore. Like you just can't. Um, and, uh, and so that's why it really is so important. And so what I teach inside of CF Design School is how to figure out 
a few things. The first thing is how do you figure out what design will work for your specific customer base, right? Because the design that's going to work for a real estate website or funnel, think about it, probably the house on it, maybe a nice family standing in front, right? If you were to use that same design for a woman's weight loss app, it's, it's not it. If you were selling a woman's weight loss app and you had a picture, you know what I mean, of a house on the front, they'd be like, what, what is this? And then vice versa. If you're doing real estate and you have a woman in like a sports bra, like sweating with abs, they're going to be like, I don't understand. What are, am I at the wrong place? Like what's going on? And so, but then it even niches down further, right? Like let's say you're building a woman's weight loss, um, but a weight loss app, but you're selling it to women over 60 and another woman's weight loss app is selling it to women 40 and under. Or let's say you're selling a woman's weight loss app and you're selling to people that are making more than $250,000 a year, or you're selling it to people that are barely making by and are traditionally lower class. You are talking to completely different people. And I'm telling you like things down to the font or the color or where things are or how things are spaced will determine entirely what your conversions and sales are entirely. And so what CU Design School does is it shows you how do you figure out what's actually working for your niche. And that's something that I'm pretty radical about in all of my content is in my opinion, who cares if you have something pretty, if it doesn't make you any money. I'm not here to teach you how to design pretty things. That happens to be a byproduct, but I'm here how to teach you to design things that convert. So again, I will show you how to design things that your customers will actually want. And what's really interesting about this, and I love that you brought this up like scammy, spammy looking stuff, is there are some niches that actually still convert better with what we would typically perceive to be uglier. So like affiliate marketing sometimes does better with uglier looking stuff supplements sometimes does better with uglier looking stuff if you're selling to people 65 years or older and you have a very tech looking website immediately they get overwhelmed and leave it's too hard so sometimes i'll have people come that either are my clients or my students and they'll be like oh like i did my research but like all the stuff is really ugly like everybody else's stuff is not good like i think i'm gonna make it prettier and i'm like no don't be dumb you're not, you're not making things prettier. You're designing things for conversion. So if this is what is working in terms of what's converting highest, you are a dumb marketer if you don't make things ugly, right? If that's what's actually working. And so what design hacking does the six steps is it shows you how to identify what down to the, the actual aesthetic, all the way like big picture aesthetic, all the way down to like, what does my font size need to be to understand what is my audience in my particular niche um, who I want them to do a specific thing? Like how are, how am I going to get them to react most positively to me in a way that will get them to pull out their credit card and pay me money. And, and uh, so we figure those things out and then action. The second part is I actually show you how to do it. Once you have the idea of how to design it, um, you can do almost everything that you need to do in terms of design without coding in Photoshop um, and substitute it with free tools on the internet. So that's what I teach inside of CEO Design School. And, um, and it's been a really, really amazing and powerful thing to watch because so many amazing products and services get bypassed, even though they're extraordinary, just because they didn't know how to present them. And by implementing and scraping their funnels and websites through these six science, six up science of design hacking, we're able to reframe how people perceive them 
and consume their content in a way that allows them to actually be profitable with what it is that they're selling. Mm, I love that. What I, what I basically heard in that is like, pay attention to what's already working. Mm -hmm. Like just pay attention. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel on this thing. Totally. And I think, and I think that's a pretty common theme. People preach that all the time, model what works, model what works. Um, but there is really a very scientific approach to figure out what that is. Because if it's like, oh, they're using blue, I should use a bluish color. Like that is not going to cut it. There is actually like very on the ground steps and processes that you can take to understand what type of blue, like what is the exact identification color code that I should be using. And I mean, like there are particular niches where it's like, you're literally an idiot. You're just dumb if you don't use white, a burnt yellow and charcoal. Like you're just dumb. Every, you know what I mean? Like that's just how it works. And so, um, and so, yeah, that's what I think. Like the, I think the principle is model what works. And I think the application for learning the actual nuances of what that looks like and then how to fall through on that, that's where design hacking comes in. I love that so much. So I would love to give you a second to tell listeners how they can uh, learn more about, about design hacking. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about the communities that you have um, and how they can how they can get introduced to it or introduce yeah, to the community? Absolutely. I'm just going to give you two places. Um, the first is if this is something, if you're an online business owner or want to help online business owners with this and you're like, I think I could, I think I could rock this. Um, if you go to cfdesignschool.com, I have a whole free training for you and you can kind of see what this would actually look like um, for you. It's really, really fun. And uh, it's amazing. It's, it really is a, it is it is no respecter of persons, the science of design hacking. I mean, I have people killing it that are 18 years old and right out of high school. And I have people in their late sixties that are killing it with it. So again, if this is something that appeals to you, cfdesignschool.com. But um, if you want to follow along my vlogs or any of my other content, my free groups, the easiest way to find it is follow me on Instagram. And I'm just at Miss Catherine Jones and that's it. So cfdesignschool.com or Miss Catherine Jones on Instagram. That's where you'll be able to find me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for giving us the inside scoop on who you are, what you do, and how you're making an impact. I've got, I've got one last question for you. Sure. And that is, um, because, because you are so much in the limelight right now and you're getting so much online, like people are seeing what you're trying to, what you're trying to create. But I would love for you to just take a minute to talk about what are, and you've touched on this with um, becoming the most aligned version of yourself, but like, what are some transformations that have happened in this journey as you've been seeking to create this community and, and change the world with design hacking? Um, I, I would hope that the biggest transformation has been, uh, I, I, I've been really blessed to be able to network with a lot of amazing people that are making a lot of money and have really big communities. But there is a huge distinction between people who are outward in terms of, Catherine, hi, tell me about yourself, and people who posture and who are trying to prove to you how great they are. And, um, and again, these people, they all are amazing and done really incredible things, but I have just observed that I 
one of my biggest goals in terms of like transformation is to always be outward. There is always worth to a human being, regardless of how much money they're making or what their accolades are. And, um, and I think in all my interactions, especially in the last two years or so, I've been able to identify that the most powerful people in the room, more often than not, aren't the ones that have the most money. And, um, and recognizing and having that be at the forefront of my mind that every person has merit. Um, I, think, I think as a hustler before, I was like, I gotta go talk to that person. If they're on stage, I gotta go talk to them. And I, and I do think that there's significance to that still, but I think one of the biggest transformations and one of the most humbling moments for me was um, realizing how prideful I'd been in being a little bit exclusive to who I thought I would talk to. And, uh, and it's been this really amazing shift to observe over the last, again, like 18 months that uh, I, I just, I hope the transformation has been, I have a different gauge for what is um, of worth and value. And um, some of the most significant business lessons that I've learned have been from attendees more than speakers. And um, yeah, I hope to, I hope to always be like that, but that has been a, that like talk about looking yourself in the face or being a little bit of an idiot and prideful and full of yourself like that, that has been one of the greatest lessons that I'm so grateful that was like brought to my attention where it's like, uh, it, it is so, it is of so much more worth to be outward than to posture. I love it. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for taking the time to, to meet with us today, share your story, uh, share your heart, share your love for design hacking and your love for people, which, um, I've been the personal beneficiary of, and it's been just so fun to watch, watch you share your heart with your community. And, and uh, so just thank you so much for being with us on, on the show today. You bet. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning into the Marketing Matrix podcast. On the next episode, we hear from Dr. Grace Lee. Grace is an incredible academic turned entrepreneur. We've been running in the same coaching circles over the last year, and it has been an awesome experience watching her journey. She shares a powerful tool to consider when looking at what to offer your desired, your desired audience. Listen in to hear the whole thing. And while I've got you, I wanted to tell you about the Marketing Matrix toolbox we have created just for you. Inside are free marketing tools that guests have given to us since the beginning of this show. So go register today for free access at toolbox.themarketingmatrixpodcast.com. See you next time on The Marketing Matrix.